Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. All you motherfuckers are going to pay. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're going to fuck your mothers while you watch and cry like little whiny bitches. We're going to make them eat our shit, then shit out our shit, and then eat their shit that's made up of our shit that we made them eat. And then all you motherfuckers are next. Love, Jane Sound Bob. Uh, oh, yeah. One, one Old Smith, New Smith. That's what this is called. Is that what we're calling it? It's One Smith, Two Smith, Old, Old Smith, Smith, New Smith. Smith. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's the name of the podcast you're listening to. the title of the show. Yeah. The hosts of the podcast you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Um are named uh, David Bell. The name of the second host of the show that you're listening to is Tom Ryman. I like this energy. Yes. We should do this more often. I don't know what we're doing. The producer of the podcast. (laughs) It's like an NPR I was about to say we're speaking like NPR credits. Yeah. The producer of the podcast is at Nerd Numbers. Thank Uh, you, at Nerd Numbers, for producing this this podcast. Yeah. This is fresh air. (laughs) I used to now listen. hear this. It's not what this podcast what is, is about. I, I I don't know, man. All I know is I would come home from high school. Well, my dad owned a store, and it was near the high school, so I would go to the the store after high school. I'd have to walk to it. I'd get a soda and a, a subway, a delicious subway sandwich, uh, and I'd go to my father's store, which is not a fun store. It was an art gallery store, so it was like a framing shop. So, like when you're a kid, there's not much. To be, you know, I I had some fun there. Don't get me wrong, uh, but like it's not a particular. Well, it's not it's a not fun. A it's store. not a fun store for kids. Yeah, and so it it's an art gallery framing store. So guess what was on twenty four seven there? NPR blasting through the speakers. So you'd get there, and I'd wait for my dad's store to close so I could get home, listen to just NPR all day. Just that's all. That's the story. All things considered, that's the show. All things considered, yeah. When I got older, I found myself listening to um, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and Prairie Home Companion, mm-hmm. and I realized that I was truly lost at that point. Yeah, no, you've always like been... I was, I was old. You've always been like a 48-year-old man. I know, I know. And that was the start of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we doing? Oh, yeah. So we thanked n- at Nerd Numbers. Uh, this is <laughs> This is a podcast... Where, so what we've been doing, folks, if you if you haven't followed along, and you really should, mm-hmm. especially if you're a Kevin Smith fan, which, Tom, I believe we both are Kevin Smith fans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We both grew not up as, with him. We were the Not as much right as I age. used to be. Not as much as I used to be. But, like, for his first, yeah. like, four or five movies, like, they, you know, I was, I was the right age. Exactly. I was in high school. I was really into his, really into Kevin Smith for, like, a lot of the 90s, for sure. Right. I also, when I was a delivery driver, right at the beginning of podcasts, Kevin Smith was kind of not a pioneer, but he was one of the first. He was big one of the podcasters. first big ones. Yeah, I did. So I, I listened to him a lot as well in the early yeah, years. Yeah, I listened to the Smodcast, uh, and I bring that up because the movie we're covering is actually based off a podcast. Uh, so we we coupled this with Chasing Amy, which we already did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the idea here is we're starting. We do we do one about his early work, and we do, we'll do one about his late work, and we're meeting in the middle. So we did you know we did uh, Clerks and the Jane Silent Bob reboot. Uh, then we did uh, Mallrats and Yoga Hosers, and now we're doing Chasing Amy and Tusk, mm-hmm. and we're seeing if they match up. And and you know what what the differences are in his instincts. And Tusk is the first one we're covering, not the first one chronologically, but the first one we're covering that is Kevin Smith doing horror. Yes, a horror movie. It's it's actually his second horror movie, I think, after Red State. Yes, but the first that and we've I, covered. I want to start with a blazing hot take. Mm-hmm. Is I think Kevin Smith is better at horror than comedy. I, mind you, I really like his comedy. 
but I think he can really do a horror movie. I think he can. And that's, uh, that's my biggest takeaway from this movie is, uh, it feels like he was, did lacked the confidence to go all the way. So he, yeah. Puts a lot of silly stuff in there that sort of doesn't need to be in there and kind of makes the movie take longer than it should. There's a yeah. There's a point in this movie that we'll get to where I I think it comes to a screeching halt. Yeah, but I think it's when Johnny Depp shows up. It is. It's when Johnny (laughs) Depp shows up. Um, But the the, like I think his horror comedy instincts are good. Yeah. Um, It's just every now and then he goes a little too far. Right. It's like he doesn't. It feels like, and, and I don't think there's this. I don't remember any moments like that or any big moments like that uh, in red state, but it felt like in this movie, he was like a little, I think this movie is almost great. Honestly, I think it would have been great if he had just gone all the way and just made it as weird as fucking possible. Right. Because Kevin Smith has one, one thing about his horror movies that I find really unique. Mm-hmm. is that he's very good at you not quite knowing where it's going to go. Red State, which I believe we're going to cover, so we shouldn't talk too much on, mm-hmm. but like it has so many turns yeah. that you're like, fucking what? Yeah. Where you don't know what kind of movie you're watching. This does too, although I noticed something about this film, Tom. What's that? This movie has the same beats as another horror film. Psycho. Yep. Yep. This is Psycho. It's Psycho. <laughs> and that just delights me to no fucking end to the point that they find his car in the swamp. Yeah. He tells us a few times and then it, it, that's like when it, when he like really wants you to make the connection yeah. is when they find the car in the swamp. <laughs> that's so but, like, funny there's, to me. There's and taxidermy hints and it's like structured the same. You, you, I forget yeah. when it clicked for me, but it was like, it did, it, it did suddenly click that it's like, Oh shit, this is psycho. He's just doing psycho. It clicked for me when we were halfway through the film and he became a walrus. Yeah. And that's what I mean by Kevin Smith's pacing is that you assume certain things are going to happen and then he'll 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 let them happen earlier than you think Mm -hmm. or way later or in these weird parts. And he suddenly will just stop and say, I'm going to tell a different story. Red State was that where the things that kept happening, you're like, oh, I expect that to happen in like the third act. And now, oh, here's John Goodman. Here's a different story. And it's like, shit. Yeah. This is really cool. Yeah. Because it's, I genuinely don't know where it's going to go. Uh, and that's huge. That's huge for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Justin Long, who is the main character for the first half of the movie, is, is a, for all intents and purposes, out of the movie at like 48 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He becomes the walrus very quickly. Yeah, basically, shower scene is walrus. Yeah. And so it starts with <laughs> podcasters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for, oh, no, sorry. It starts with the biggest revelation, the A24 logo, yeah. to which I went, oh, my fucking God, I can't believe this is A24. Oh, there's something uh, else I, I wanted to say about, uh, just to further uh, agree with you, that I think Kevin Smith yeah. should just make more completely... Uh, genuine horror movies, like totally earnest horror movies. I think his writing works better yes. in comedies because all of Michael Parks plays the mad scientist in this. Yeah. And all of his monologues, he has several, he speaks almost exclusively in monologues um, yeah. and they're all riveting. And it's, and it's absolutely because and it's be, both because Michael Parks is very good um, you know, he's one of he's those. So a- I need more Michael Parks. Yeah, he's one of those actors that never, never became famous, but he's been working for like fifty years. I think he had that. So he had the brief moment where Tarantino, who is friends with Kevin Smith, yeah, and Robert Rodriguez, all fell in love with him mm-hmm. in like the same summer. Yeah, and he was in a bunch. He's in. He's also in Red State, and he's in uh, Dust Till Dawn. Yep, and he's in um, Kill Bill. Uh, Kill Bill. He's in Planet Terror. Mm-hmm. And, and so they, they, they threw him in all these things because he's genuinely just so fucking he's good. He's really good, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's part his delivery. And then the way Kevin Smith is able to use his sort of overly... And, uh, he's been accused of being overly verbose, and that's certainly... You, you you can see that <laughs> like it's definitely a no, lot of his he comments is, he is overly he's overly verbose his his characters speak like no human being speaks right and again this is coming from fans of him yeah. like we i i enjoy his movies greatly but it is it is like 
there's a certain like when people tell me like oh i can't stand his movies i don't really push back no because i'm like it. yeah there it's like tarantino there's like a very particular tone to it that's not reality mm-hmm. and yet yeah when he does when you take all that and put it in a horror comedy it it just his writing style like really works when he's leaning into like his vocabulary and it's like putting like a gothic flair on like a kevin smith rant it becomes these really creepy but like at the same time like classic boy's life adventure stories with a creepy tinge to it right you know what also yeah oh sorry i was just saying it's every Every bit of monologue that Michael Parks has in this movie is great. And it's like, even like, particularly from a writing standpoint. So like one of my biggest takeaways from watching this movie is like, man, his writing really works for a movie like this. Yeah. You know what else I would say really works uh, that he does in his comedies, but works in this is his lack of camera movement. Mm -hmm. His style as a director really works for horror where it's like he, he, I noticed both this and Red State, he'll do more dynamic shots, Mm -hmm. but he'll still lock down the camera. And that works when you're building tension. Yes. When it's two characters just talking about their dicks, people, I think it still works for comedy, but it's, you know, it's a little more like it can be seen as boring. Uh, Whereas... Without purpose. And in this, it has a purpose or it it feels intentional in a movie like this. It just works really damn well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I had, uh, by the way, we should mention, I hadn't seen this film. Had you? Nope. Yeah. This was, I'm not a big body horror fan. I'm, and this came out around the time of like Hostel in that era. So I was like not that excited for it and never got around to it. Well, this uh, is this is I, almost 10 years after Hostel. Yeah, you're right. But... <laughs> I guess Red State was more that, but even Red State. Red State's wasn't. not body horror either. It's uh, no, no, but it this was is more of a hostile feel. This is um, the more direct comparison here is the Human Centipede. Yes, you're right. This is Human Centipede. Yeah, um, it's like and that so idea. I think, yeah, and I think it was just like I wasn't particularly interested in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I guess let's go through the plot then. Um, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's about podcasters. It sure uh, is, Dave. It's about a, a couple of dudes, a couple of white dudes having a podcast where they're laughing at each other's jokes. Yep, and, uh, and I it, found it really hard to relate to that. Yeah, exactly. Uh. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Kevin Smith really had trouble writing these yeah, characters yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and But they're like cruel, which is actually, I, I it, this kind of pissed me off. I, I wanted to write a script starting with this idea of this type of podcasters, and I kind of don't now because i'm like ah he did he it did already. it yeah he did it where they're they're kind of cruel almost true crimey um they're Justin more Long plays an asshole they're more like like uh those f- like original pranksters or they're, they're more like those prank yeah. the kind of prank guys where yeah, it's like the whole after, like the whole point of their show and their comedy is that they're attacking people and embarrassing people and making fun of people like it's cruel right. they're they're very cruel yeah yeah, and they're in their own little podcast world, so they don't mm. even realize like that this whole groove of theirs is like so toxic. And the, I think the thing that symbolizes it, and it's a joke, it's a very obvious joke, but it kind of works, is that they call themselves, it's the not, as in not seeing, not see. So it's the not see party. Yeah. And they keep talking about N-O-T-S-E-E, the not see party. N-O-T-S-E-E, yeah. Yeah, where the idea is he does interviews and his friend does not see the interviews. Um, and it seems like a dumb joke at first, but the idea is it's still that idea of like them being very callous with a very obviously like like the fact that they trivialized that. Like, yeah, we're Nazis, you know? Later, he says, you bring shame to the Nazi party. Yeah. The, I, <laughs> um, the, one, the really funny joke, that, that the, the best payoff of that for me, because at first I was kind of like eye-rolly. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, me too. I was like, I get it. That's funny, I guess. The, the, yeah. like, later on, when like Justin Long is missing and his girlfriend and uh, Haley Joel Osment are trying to find him and she's on the phone with the authorities. And, uh, oh yeah, they want tell, a picture. Yeah, they want a picture of of Justin Long. She's like, okay, you got to go to the web. He's got we got he's a, he's a famous podcaster. You just go to his website. It's got all the pictures up there. And she says it's it's a www.naziparty.com. And it cuts over to Haley Joel Osment, and he's like, spell it, spell it, spell it. Yeah, <laughs> cuts back to her. It's like, oh, they hung up. I can't believe they hung up on me. Yeah. 
God, I love Haley Joel in his comedy his comedy era here. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the second podcaster. Yeah, he's fine in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like it's that it, it just reflects the callousness of what they do. Yeah, and so it serves a purpose ultimately, which I thought was that that was good. I also there's some Nazi stuff throughout. I really like the line you don't say Hitler in an airport. Yeah, <laughs> where he's going through Canada. Um, uh, so, uh, his ringtone is also the fucking Smodcast or like one of the Smodcast music themes yep. that they use. It's Ralph Garman, very obviously. Um, so he's going to Canada from Los Angeles to interview this kid who's basically the equivalent of Star Wars kid, mm-hmm. uh, but like a real sword. So he cut himself. He cut his leg off. Yeah. He shows up and it, he learns that the kid has killed himself. Yeah. Uh, and he is... Such a scumbag. He's just mad at the kid for killing himself. He's such a piece of shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got like the best piece of shit mustache in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Long playing a scumbag. Like Kevin Smith uses Justin Long very, very well in his movies. He really does. (laughs) Um, And so him as a scumbag works perfectly. Yeah. He, he, uh, He runs into the yoga hosers. Which is so weird to me that this is the introduction to them. Yeah. A- and Johnny Depp. I didn't know Johnny Depp was in this. Neither it, it did was, I. It was not a pleasant surprise. Uh, no, but it, even even worse than it was when we watched Yoga Hosers. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah for sure. Because now we've had yeah. to sit through that whole... Yeah, anyway. Yeah, he's kind of the last person I wanted to see in this film. Well, and it's also... Uh, we'll get we'll get to his part. Because his, his we'll presence... We'll get to his part because... It, in like the we movie said, kind it also of ruins the work. movie. Yeah, it, it yeah. really brings the movie to a halt for no shit about 30 minutes. Yeah, and it's weird to me that... Um, it's a weird instinct. It's a weird instinct, and it's weird to me that Yoga Hosers hadn't been made yet, because mm-hmm. I'd almost forgive it more if it had been made, but since this is the first time we meet the characters, it's kind of weird. Although the Yoga Hosers themselves, uh, uh, the two the two girls, they work fine in this, I thought. Uh, yeah, they, and they're, they're, they just they do what they need to do. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, so he meets up with them. They go. Um, he they, he goes to a convenience store, and he finds this guy who's like put out flyers of like he wants to have conversations, and he's like, oh, this could work for the podcast. I got to get something. I love that they're that acting like, oh, we got to get something for the podcast. And it's like, well, that's that's not realistic. In no, my you could for podcast. Yeah, no, it's like your show could be literally anything. <laughs> Yeah, we know we know firsthand yes Uh, so but this is great pacing he's in the guy's house 10 minutes in 10 minutes we're in the house Mm -hmm. with mark michael park's house and he's telling him these wild stories about him meeting hemingway uh and him uh going to the arctic to uh find a great white shark and his sink or sink his, his boat, boat sinks, sinking yeah and him meeting a walrus uh and just that time justin long gets woozy and he's been drinking this tea the whole time mm-hmm. and he gets knocked out and it becomes this a uh, first gaslighting thing where when he comes to he's like you were bitten, bitten by a brown recluse and we had to get rid of your leg but it's so obviously like gaslighting yeah um i also love the i love their relationship which is like justin long the like Michael Parks, they they make him this like worldly man who seems classy, right? Yes. At first, and Justin Long is just such a d bag, and he's calling him like a rap scallion. Like I love that he like, <laughs> he's like, aha, yes, this gentleman rap scallion that my, is my guest, and it's just this asshole. Yeah. Um, twenty six minutes in, he gets drugged. Um, he wakes up, his leg has been removed. And that's when you realize very, like, I mean, you probably realized already, but Michael Parks is not who he says he is. He's he's definitely not telling him the truth, but he's like, dinner is at six. And then the dinner scene is when we first get the moment that, like, okay, it's very clear that he's lying to him. And it's signified in the fact that Michael Parks has been in a wheelchair yeah. <laughs> this whole time. And when Justin Long starts freaking out and being like, I don't think this was a spider. You got to let me go. You got to let me call someone. Michael Parks stands up from his wheelchair, walks across the table and slaps him. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's, he also uses the term Shuffa, which is a Bruce Willis reference. Is it? Um, did you ever watch the evening with Kevin Smith? I did, but it's been like 10 years. 
He talks about when he worked with Bruce Willis, one of the things he did was go through his script and he started crossing stuff off and going, that's Shuffa, that's Shuffa, Shuffa. And he had to ask him, like, what is Shuffa? And it was like, this is, it's just extra stuff that you don't need. Um, which is funny for a Bruce, or for a Kevin Smith movie. So he has him <laughs> say enough of this, like, Shuffa in the scene, which I thought was a nice little reference. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> For all the, again, that's the one aspect when we were talking about the, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, where it's like, to really get everything in these movies, you need to be a fan of not only his movies, but of like, the man himself, right. and like, know stuff about his life. Yeah, there's a bit of an ego to this stuff. Yeah. But I would say in this one, at least, it's a lot of inside jokes. Yeah. That don't, they aren't loaded. Right, like the Chuffa thing, it didn't, I could have gone the rest of my life not understanding that that was a reference to something, and it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't affect the movie at all. Yeah. Um, Michael Parks presents why, what his goal is. The age-old question, he calls it, is man indeed a walrus at heart? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay. It's well, this so this he's is just unhinged. Yeah, this is what I think this movie does really well, and what got me. I don't know. Um, what what makes like Johnny Depp suddenly showing up as like an Inspector Clouseau detective uh, really disappointing? Apart from the fact that it's Johnny Depp, notwithstanding, just the idea right. of the character um, is because. He introduces this thing like that line is fucking hilarious. <laughs> like yeah. that is a ridiculous well, thing to say, but he's the way it's present like the way it's presented, it's the way it's executed, the way we understand the kind of situation that Justin Long is in, the you know, it's he's playing it completely straight even though it is this mad idea. Like it is completely Alice in Wonderland unhinged crazy. It's like, the kind of thing we yeah. need in more horror. Yes. Like like stuff like Hostel where it's like, oh, they're selling rich folks to do this. It's like, no, no, no. Just just have it be basically Dr. Strangelove, precious bodily fluids. Yeah. Like that was what was so good about that is that it's both funny and chilling. Right. When you realize like, oh, my God. Oh, he is completely. Yeah. It's in that yeah. scene when Mandrake goes to talk to Colonel Ripper and he starts talking about the bodily fluids and they, they're showing you Peter Sellers face. And he's like, yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to die because yeah. this person is out this, of this control. guy is completely untethered. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's this moment, basically. Mm-hmm. And you realize like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. There's no reasoning with this person. Yeah. It's beyond reason. <laughs> yep. We then learn at this point that the girlfriend is having an affair with Haley Joel. Yeah. And they do. They do something that was interesting is that she. They have her do like a monologue at him, and you kind of know who it is because it's like, well, there's one other character. There's one other character in this movie, yeah. Um, but you think at first that, or at least I did, that she was, he was telling her that Justin Long is cheating on her mm-hmm. uh, to take advantage of her. Then we learn that he actually is, and so it's what we like the way they present that scene is like Haley Joel seems sinister at first, and but he doesn't have any learn, lines, which is interesting. It's just, it is. yeah, it's, it's one of the more interesting scenes in a Kevin Smith movie. Cause it's just a, a, a shot of her performance and we can see Haley Joel just off screen, but his back is to us and it's just her delivering this monologue about how she loves him, but she knows he's cheating on her yeah. and she can't get over that. And she's like really thankful that he's here with her, mm-hmm. even though it makes her a bad person mm-hmm. and it's, she's very conflicted. But the realization is that Justin Long is, it's one of the, they keep doing these flashbacks, which yeah. were very important, where they show, like, what happened to my old nerd that you, you know, you used to be, and now you're just this dickhead pod ha- podcaster, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, he's changed, he's gotten more cruel, and we learn that he is, in fact, cheating on her. And Haley Joel is actually kind of the kinder character, like, you could, you could moralize what he's doing, you know, it's not, it's not... Yeah. But it's it's clear that he keeps going on the road. He doesn't want her there. And they've been sleeping together while he's gone. Cuz he initially in one in the first flashback, she says she wants to come with him to Canada to interview this right. Star Wars kid. And he's like, "Oh no, Teddy, his his podcast podcasting partner, Haley Joel, he gets jealous when you go with me and it makes a bad episode." But then we see a flashback, I think uh, like two flashbacks later when he's talking to Haley Joel. 
uh, he doesn't actually have a problem with it. Like he's like, why don't you? Right. Uh, she uh, she says she wants to come with you. Why don't you bring her with? Why don't you bring her with you this time? He's like, oh, you know, I don't like to have her around because I, you know, it's when I pick up my strange. So like he's right. lying about why he doesn't want to bring her. It's because he wants to screw around while he's on the road. Because right. sucks. Exactly. Also, yeah. Haley Joel, if you notice, the next morning they're both clothed. And so it's implied that may, they might even not even have a sexual thing. It's an emotional affair she's having with Haley Joel, basically. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and so like it's that idea of like he, yeah, like Haley Joel wants him to do the right thing. He wants him to treat her well. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, but he and he like says he's taking her to the Getty and stuff like that. So he's clearly like filling in. He's um, he, right. He is filling the role of the boyfriend that Justin yeah, Long is supposed Justin to Long be isn't. doing. Yeah. And so we get this interesting, by showing us those flashbacks, we're showing how he sort of figuratively became less human. And then as we're, uh, they run concurrently with what's happening in present time, as as he's literally becoming less human. Right. So meanwhile, they, we get, so he cuts off the leg and then we get one more moment where he is doing a monologue. um, I think about the walrus, right? Mm -hmm. And like, he's just telling it and you don't see what he's talking to. And they fully finally pull out, and Justin Long has both legs gone, and his l- arms are sewn to his torso. Uh, He's made like his flippers. arms into flippers, yeah. Yep. And and so it's like, okay, we've hit the point of no return. Yeah. Um, because you expect, again, you expect it to be something where it's like he's going to do a little body horror and then escape. Uh, but no. So we have this, the, the Haley Joel stuff, and then we have, oh, sorry, I missed one important thing is that he calls he gets access to his phone briefly mm-hmm. and he calls um he calls them both them both of them and they're yeah. and they're together probably should have called the cops but whatever he should have yeah but they're together I, and neither honestly, one of them picks up the phone yeah honestly uh cops might have been less useful to be honest is you call 911 with that like it's bet it's actually better to call someone who will continually av- advocate for yeah. you yeah right yeah that's um, true so, and then, yeah, they wake up in the morning with Kevin Smith's dog in the background in the bedroom picture. Um, and so then, uh, so he gets knocked out. Then we have the sewing arms. And then we're an hour in and we just cut to, he's a walrus. He is a walrus now. And it is horrible. <laughs> yeah. Ah! He's screaming uh, wordlessly because he has no tongue. Yeah. Uh, and he's just a big flesh walrus. Imagine like. Taking a bunch of skin of a human and rearranging it he's to a, make a walrus. He's a leather face flesh walrus. Like you can see other people's faces on his side. Yeah. Because he's yeah. made he's made this walrus suit out of a number of uh people he's abducted. Yes. Uh, this kudos honestly to just Justin Long for this. This can't have been easy to do. Yeah, because he's just in an outfit. In he's the, just in a sack. Rest of the movie, he's basically just crawling around in a walrus suit just screaming the most inhuman scream you can think of it is doing it is genuinely uncomfortable yeah he does like wall uh, water stunts which i thought like i would never want to have be in that be immobile even on a controlled set like that's terrifying yeah um and so like basically what happens now is he starts trying to make him more of a walrus he's feeding him fish he tries to make him swim, and when he swims, he notices there are a bunch of dead walruses, uh, walrus people, I should the, say. The dead, at the rotting bottom. walrus people at the bottom of his oh, of his oh. tank. That was cool. <laughs> that was yeah. a cool so shot. So you realize, like, oh, okay, he's burned through a lot oh, of Oh, he's them. just been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not like, I'm not like the last one. I'm just the latest yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's fucking wild yeah it's so this movie is so fucking out of its head it is and again we're an hour in uh and then again like psycho a private investigator shows up the problem is that in this case it's johnny depp doing and doing a bit and, and yeah this is when the movie comes to a screeching halt and it's you could even still have this character i think if you if for if yeah just don't make him this don't make him a fucking it feels it does feel like and again i'm guessing obviously i have no idea what what he was kevin smith was actually thinking when he added this character but it feels like he got cold feet and needed to make the movie very silly here's what i think he's thinking okay considering the time this was made 
I think what he's thinking is, oh my God, I got Johnny Depp in my movie. I can get Johnny Depp in here, yeah. Yeah, I can get Johnny Depp. It doesn't matter. I need, I'm going to have Johnny Depp in this. That makes, and then, that does make a little yeah. bit more sense, yeah. Cause yeah, like, and it's like Johnny Depp, does he want to do a voice? Oh, he wants to do a voice. All right, let's, let's run with this. I think he, Kevin Smith loves to run with things. That's how this was written, right? Yeah. Like, high on a podcast. So, like, um, it's basically Johnny Depp has these scenes that end up taking almost three times as long because of this bit he's doing. Yes. Which is he's doing a French voice that where he speaks very slowly and repeats himself uh, and says, like, the kind of wrong word when he means a different word. So it just makes interactions take three times as long and it's not funny. And all so, he's establishing is that it's a serial killer and he's been investigating. Yeah. And it's like, you could have done this so much quicker. And they do. What's interesting is they have a flashback with him where he yes, did. That, and it's that like was exhausting. It was, and it was so exhausting. First of all, because it ends up taking no shit. Like we have to pause the movie for like 30 ish minutes just to have Johnny Depp deliver his exposition because of this bit he's doing makes everything take so long. But like yeah. this flashback scene where he in the flashback he was investigating the disappearance of a hockey player that Michael Parks had kidnapped and he actually finds Michael Parks who's pretending to be this kind of simple-minded doctor named Dr. Moussier uh living in this cabin and they have this scene that's like if you ignore the exhausting bit that Johnny Depp is doing it's it's subtly creepy like there's a creepiness to it. Yeah. And then he Michael ref- Parks is is again he's great he's great and then they you know it cuts back to them the flashback and you know like Johnny Depp gets uncomfortable and leaves and then it cuts back to them at the diner when he's telling the story to Haley Joel and the the girlfriend and he's like the hockey player was probably inside that house like I was standing right there he was probably yep. in there and I didn't like I and then we found that guy's torso blocking up a. a a drain a week later. Like it's a, it's it's a chilling thing that he's saying. Right. The Uh, problem is this is that he tries to be bigger than he's doing. He tries to be the biggest person in the movie. Yeah. And he's doing Clouseau should be. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Parks needs to be, he should have just, this character should not have been Johnny Depp. I think it should have just been an actor. Yeah. It should have been Ralph Garman or someone like that. Like, it should have just been someone doing a very straight man, like, I'm a detective, I'm very serious, um, and that's it. Like, I, and even, it doesn't, because then he, nothing he does, that character doesn't add to anything. He just goes along with them and, and you know, completes the movie, and he's not, he, he doesn't, it's like Johnny Depp was there, and they're like, fuck, we got Johnny Depp, well, and he's like, also, I have an idea for a character, and they're like, I guess... But like it really doesn't fit with the film. He helps them solve some. Like he he is a detective. Like they he does. Yeah, but again, like he doesn't things. have to be who he is. No, he does not have to be a huge a hugely broad comedic character, which I think is a a weird instinct. I guess it makes more sense when you figure this was kind of made mid twenty teens. So like right. Johnny Depp was it was still cool to have Johnny Depp in your movie. Yeah, and um, he's Captain Jack Sparrowing it up, you know, or yeah. it's like, yeah, he's doing a voice but of a thing. It's just but exhausting in this movie. It really is. Like that flashback scene, like you said, is could have been really creepy mm-hmm. if they had done and it, it, and it. Um and you can tell because it even still like even still with all this Johnny Depp nonsense in it, it still is kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, uh, so like it, you can imagine how it would have been if it had just been somebody, even somebody still playing like a comedic detective, but playing it like more quietly, you know, like yeah. less broad. Yeah. It's, it's really, yeah. It's, and like you said, it, they, they have all these scenes with him and stuff and it's like, this could have been shorter, yeah. could have been more efficient. It just makes the movie um, take longer than it should have. Yeah. Like, the movie's movie, almost two hours. Yeah. It should have been 90 minutes. Yeah. And this is where you would cut it. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, again, I get what they were thinking at the time, but it really does kind of uh, stick a wrench yeah, in the film. Because then once we get past that, they just, they find the place, they go th- there, Johnny Depp hands them guns. And again, like Psycho, where it's the, the two, it's the sister, mm-hmm. right? And, it's, uh, um, it's Vigo and Julianne Moore. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they Johnny sort of, Depp they is, find, of course, the William H. Macy character. Yep. Yeah. Um, but what we also learn is that, so all of this, he was in love with this walrus. Basically, yeah. Um, but then he had to kill the walrus 
because he was stuck on this island with the walrus when he his boat sank. And so at the end, he had to kill and eat the walrus. And this is all so that he could fight Justin Long and give the wall like recreate the fight he had with that walrus right yeah it's it's he kills and eats the walrus like an hour before a boat shows up and rescues him so it's like gift of the magi where it's like oh if i'd only waited an hour my walrus friend would still be alive right it's like he feels guilty about it so this whole thing is about it's related to this pathology he has over feeling guilty over killing his walrus friends he's like well i'm gonna recreate mr tusk which is what he named him Right. Uh, so that, I don't know why he just doesn't buy a walrus. I feel like just he has buy no a walrus. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, but again, it's like there's no reasoning. You know? It, yeah. It's, no. 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 Yeah. I know why he didn't. Buy yeah. A walrus, I know why he didn't because then we wouldn't have a movie. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. I had that thought too. I was like, you could probably get a walrus. Maybe yeah, not legally, but it's definitely better than abducting people and making yeah. walrus suits out of them. But again, he's unhinged. Yeah. He um, is. Uh, his cheese has slid off his cracker. Right, so at the end, he just gets in his own walrus suit. He gets suit in his he's own like, walrus suit, and they and are like, just... we're going to fight like walruses. We're going to fight like walruses, and they're just smashing up against each other while a video of walruses fighting is projected on the wall behind them. So it is good. madness. Yep, and that's when they show up, H- Haley Joel, um, and that that he breaks out of his walrus suit and is just going to fight him as a human, uh, and you think like, oh yeah, this is it. And Justin Long uh, finds the strength to stab him to death with his tusks. And then uh, the the girlfriend and friend walk in with Johnny Depp, who at this point, yeah, is useless. Like he's just sort of there. Uh, yeah, and, he, he, um, he was he was there to like he he finds a couple of clues for them and leads them there, and that's all. That's what the purpose the character serves. Yeah, and then he he also points his gun at him. But again, I think the the friend could have done that to be honest Haley joel could have done that um and so they go he's about to mercy kill him because they see he's a walrus and she screams no and then it cuts to black and it's a year later and they go to just the shittiest most depressing zoo and there's an outdoor enclosure this and ending. justin long is still there it's incredible Holy christ this ending in, in the moment so it's a it, the ending is funny conceptually yes like describing it is funny Watching it, watching is it, not. it is one of the most haunting things I've ever seen. It really <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> like, He's in this shitty enclosure with like a dirty swimming pool, like the and worst, like a yurt. the worst tiny city zoo you can imagine. Yeah, the most depressing thing you can imagine. Yeah. Um, and she brings him a fish, and they are calling him, and he comes out, and he just looks. He's still walrus. And he hungrily eats the fish and she stares at him. And then there's a point where she says to him, like they do a flashback where she's like, remember when you used to cry, get high and watch Winnie the Pooh or whatever and cry. And about how like, that's what made him a human. Um, She looks at him, says, I love you. Her and Haley Joel leave. And the walrus just starts crying. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he goes back into his yurt and he goes, and then the movie ends. And then the movie ends. And that's, Again, funniest ending. Yeah. Sad to watch. We didn't mention there's a thread throughout, which is that he likes big gulps, and he gets one um, at the beginning, and then Michael Parks throughout just keeps giving him that get big gulp, and it like represents his one thread to humanity, basically. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, there's big gulps in the mm-hmm. enclosure as well. Yeah. So uh, it's like he's still in there, but it's it, it's it's yeah. yeah. Again funny fucking idea uh devastating it well it reminds me it kind of it sort of conceptually a little bit reminds me of the end of being john malkovich yeah it's a fate worse than death yeah where it, it's yeah. he's it's a living he hell it's a living woman. hell yeah i don't again it doesn't matter but it's very funny to me that he isn't like you know in a better zoo on the account of the fact that he is a human he's a human turned into a he's just a, a human that's been yeah yeah. And I feel like science would have something to say about it. Yeah. Like, I feel like you'd, you'd make some calls and they'd be like, oh, we'll get him a nice place and we'll study him and we'll, you know, like. I feel like he should have what? a therapist, you know, yeah. and not like be living in a yurt like an they animal. They could probably do some reconstruction to like make him like have a human tongue again. But it, this implies that they just brought him to like a shady They brought him zoo. to a zoo, yeah. And a guy was like, yeah, I'll take him. He doesn't look like most walruses, but I'll take him. Yeah. <laughs> 
He looks like a nightmare. Yeah, they didn't like call anybody. It's so weird that they they weren't like this is the biggest story in the world. We need to, you know, we need to we need to make sure he's taken care of. Well, it's it's not even that. It's like he's your friend. He was abducted. He, yeah, he is in desperate need of medical care. Um, yeah. doesn't seem like they did any of that. Yeah, but it's because he <laughs> like wanted the scars are still ripe. Like yeah, a year later. Yeah. I mean, it's because he wanted this ending. Yeah, I know. I know. And again, it's it's a heightened reality throughout. I mean, he turns yeah. him into a walrus. That's, I he's don't a, he's think, a, is possible. He is a man that says, uh, answering the age-old question, is is man deep down a walrus? Like, that's, yeah. that's the movie we're in. That's the reality we're in. Exactly. Uh, any other thoughts before we compare it to Chasing Amy? Yeah, my main thought is, I mean, you've, you've all probably gleaned if you're still listening to the episode at this point, is that yeah. I mostly l- liked this movie. Uh, Me too. I almost really liked it. it. The Johnny Depp stuff really brings it. And it's, even if yeah. it wasn't him, just like the way the character is executed really brings this movie to a grinding halt. Yeah, Johnny Depp as a character was a misstep. And then, of course, as Johnny Depp was a misstep. Yeah, and it's, uh, it just but- becomes a new... It discovers a new plane of intolerable by being chatted yeah. up. And I don't know what the story behind it is. It just feels like it probably ass- has to do with Johnny Depp being there. Well, I assume it's him- because, you know, his his daughter is friends with Kevin Smith's daughter and they're both in the oh, movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, then you bring in Johnny Depp and it's probably a thing where it's like, you know, they they get, they, they get energized and they're like, oh, yeah, that is a really funny idea. And then they don't. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like it was something that was, like, thought up between him and Johnny Depp. Yeah. And maybe he didn't... You you know, you got Johnny Depp there, who at the time is a big star. One of the biggest stars. You yeah. know, if I was making a movie and if a fucking, um, uh, you know, I don't know, Daniel Craig showed up and he was like, I want to have a dildo on my forehead. And it, I'd be like, yeah, sure, man. Obviously, like, if yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> If I was like a like a indie filmmaker and I had landed this yeah. big star through circumstance, I'd let them do whatever the fuck yeah. they wanted. Just one dildo? Is that you sure? Yeah, I can get you more. Like it's not appropriate at all. Yeah. You're playing a priest. <laughs> we in a just funeral make scene. A whole but a whole sure. suit of dildos if you like. Yeah, whatever you want, what Daniel Craig. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels like it wasn't appropriate, but right. It like change what he wanted to do. Like changes the movie. Yeah, and I don't think Johnny Depp cared about the movie. No. I, I, I think that's what it is. Um, so, yeah. I like was, if, because if he did, he would say, I don't want to do this character. <laughs> yeah. Um, or he would have done it. I'll a, play it straight. A different character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, th- but yeah. My final I thing is, I don't. This. this this movie sort of has the reputation of being like uh, the the beginning of like Kevin Smith's like going downhill. Um, I, I, right. think, I think it's been pegged as that. By, by some critics. Uh, I don't agree. I really disagree. I think this is one of his better movies. <laughs> also, after watching Yoga Hosers, like, I don't know. I think Yoga Hosers is fun. He's going to make Moose Jaws, right? And I assume that's going to be... Because this is Walrus Psycho. Yeah. That's what we're learning. Yes. So Moose Jaws, I mean, I'm very excited for. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure he won't call it Moose Jaws, but... He might. Um, he might call it Antlers. He might. Oh, Antlers, there's already a movie called work. Antlers. Yeah, he can make another. Um. Yeah, I don't. I really don't think he has a downhill thing. Mm-mm. I think that he's just evolved as a filmmaker, and he doesn't always do the very mainstream stuff. He's, what I will say is, I like this film. I never want to see it again. I, I'll probably, I'll probably watch it again. There's, I might make someone watch it. There's cool stuff in it that I'd like to see again. Like I'd like to see all the Michael Parks monologues again, and like yeah. really, like really pay attention to him. And yeah, I also want to want the experience of showing this to other people. Yeah, uh, but, but it's, generally it's a hard watch because it's just very—it's kind of a bummer. It's so weird and 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 out of its mind, but in like a genuinely disturbing way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, oh my god. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it, yeah. I just wanted to end by this is not even the. I, I don't even think this is like uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot is is I thought was a worse movie. That's probably than my this. that's probably yeah. my least favorite. Of yeah, films. yeah. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely not only is it not I'm like not about a, to... a, a, a backslide for him. I think this is one of his better movies. Yeah, I do too. I think it's a really, it was a really good and fascinating film. Yeah. And I feel like more movies need to be this chaotic. 
Yeah, like, it's I like so, the chaos. That's of one it. one the big thing I really appreciate about like this stage of Kevin Smith's career is how like anti mainstream he is. Yeah. You know, it's he's like he's just making these fuck you movies. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm just gonna make whatever I wanna make. Like, you know, <laughs> he's doing what like Tarantino keeps saying he was going to do, right? Yeah. Which was after 10 films, he's not necessarily going to retire, he's just going to stop giving a shit. This is this is Kevin Smith's Coppola years. Yeah. Like late stage Coppola. This is his twixt. Like he's just he's just making he's shit making for himself shit. that yeah. he thinks is fun. And it's kind of freeing and it allows him to do some stuff that's like holy shit. This is great. Like there's no pressure. Right, nobody. Yeah, there's no expectations on a movie like this. So, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it, it's really fun to watch this era where he's just free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about how it compared to Chasing Amy because spoilers, uh, it does. It kind of does <laughs> thematically. Yeah. Well, let's start with the fact that two friends making podcasts, uh, two two friends doing a nerdy occupation together. Yep. Uh, hanging out. That's exactly how Chasing Amy starts, but with comic book na- making. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a love triangle yep. between them and the. Yep. One of them is a, an asshole who uh, is. Uh, uh, this, he realizes, in, like, you kind of realize quick in this, but he's always an asshole. Yeah, I was going to say, in this movie, Justin Long kind of is both Ben Affleck and Jason Lee in Chasing Amy. Yeah, he Amy. kind of is. Because he's, he's both, like, the toxic guy who doesn't either doesn't realize or doesn't care that he's toxic and it winds up destroying his relationships but he's also like the asshole that jason lee is in chasing amy as we predicted this is about michael park's character is trying to change justin long and it's 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 that that thread we kind of called for chasing amy which is like you know ben affleck is that's kind of part of it yeah um but I didn't realize how there was going to be like the love triangle comparison and mm-hmm. all that. And it ends similar. It's ends sad and yeah. there's no going back. Justin long. There is no going back for him. He blew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's still love there, but it doesn't work because you can't fuck a walrus folks. Maybe you can. If you try hard and believe in yourself, you can do anything yeah. you want. Yeah, that's true. I shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's oddly similar. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it the the thematic one really really was really unexpected for me. I was like, yeah. "Oh, this is about a guy who's like his own worst enemy just making himself into a a bad person and and destroying the two most important relationships in his life because he doesn't yeah. value them." Yeah. It works really well. Yeah. Like, you know, this was such an arbitrary thing we did where we linked up these the, in this way, and it's funny how much it's linking up. Yeah. Um so excited for the Dogma Red State one. It's like That is going to be pretty sweet. Yeah. That's yeah. I already know like exactly yeah, I know the, what this is. The broad strokes. Yeah. yeah. The broad strokes are very obvious. Yeah. So that's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um But this that's pretty much where the comparison stopped for me, but that that honestly that's way more it's than I thought. Infinitely more. Like yeah. more, anything more than zero is infinitely more than yeah. I expected. Yeah, absolutely. What a fascinating film! It really Tusk. was. Yeah, like when yeah. it when it's man when it started, I was like, I don't know, and then it gets. By the time it gets to the first monologues with him with Justin Long and Michael Parks, and they're in the it, it's it's you know it's exactly like the Psycho thing where you can see all the birds on the wall and. Uh, just in that scene it's like, sort of stop it's like is this movie good holy shit yeah i think this movie, I think this movie good. is good how, how did that happen like i'm actually creeped out and i know what's gonna happen i know he's gonna make him into a walrus yeah yeah, yeah i know where it's heading i know where this is going they don't they didn't they didn't like hide that from, no uh, yeah it's you're right it's so gleefully chaotic yeah and again i think red state is the same Mm -hmm. and it's weird because his comedies aren't his comedies are chaotic but like in a more the stoner comedy way yeah um where and and i I guess you could argue there is similarities where it's like clerks fucking a dead body in the bathroom everything comes to a screeching halt you know um he does do that where he's like 
where like suddenly things just fall apart for the characters in unexpected ways. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't do it that often. I no. would say, yeah. And it can feel more rambling in a comedy. Yeah, 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 exactly. And in this, I don't know, something about it really works. Uh, it's me, when it's in a horror movie, it's, it feels, it, it, it feels more purposeful because it's all about keeping you rudderless, you know, like, Oh, yeah. you can't find purchase. So you're just like, you can't ever yeah. get your balance and, and, uh, throughout the rest of the movie. Right. There's nothing to grasp onto. Mm-hmm. And it also, I think more horror movies need to do this because there's otherwise the characters get this plot armor that yeah. it's like, you're not like red state. You get to a point where you're like, Oh, no one's safe. I think every they character kill, dies by the midway point, right? All the main characters. The characters you start with yeah. die by the midpoint of Red yeah. State. Spoilers. Spoilers. And so it's like, shit, I don't know what... I, I don't, don't know, know where this is going. Yeah. yeah. And that's such a smart instinct with a lot of these. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm all set. I'm all, I'm, all, all set? I'm all smithed up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all smithed up. I want to thank at Nerd Numbers. Yeah, thank for, you, at Nerd you know, Numbers for doing this podcast this is very much our jam yeah extremely uh, so yeah and i don't if you're interested, and I'm definitely i just wanted to say real quick definitely grateful yeah. to nerd numbers because i'm not sure i ever would have watched this movie same here same here this yeah. this was on my list but it's like it's hard to get around to movies like this yeah uh, because you know they're bleak ahead of time mm, and it also it didn't get good you know this didn't exactly get great buzz when it came out like i said it, it a couple of people sort of pegged it as oh kevin smith has really fallen from grace now he's making walrus horror movies but like fuck all that this is great. watch, watch yeah, this, this movie is... like <laughs> yeah check out this movie yeah it's it is um, way way better than you're probably expecting yeah for sure uh so the, yeah this was through our patreon if you're interested you can go to patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed uh, for five dollars a month, you get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts like Tom and Just Watch Batman, Fox Muller's Maniac, Star Trek: The Next Futurama, and Spiel Boys. We watch movies every Friday night with our patrons. Sure we have do. a bunch of tiers. One of them being you can do custom podcasts like this one you're listening to. So check all of that out. I think we might have to watch this on a one Friday. <laughs> oh no! Uh, it's well. Ah, the Johnny Depp. Yeah, never yeah, mind. it's got Johnny Depp in it. Fuck. Um, we also have a store. Uh, head over to GameFlanEmployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So check that out. Check it out. And, uh, you know, don't, don't fuck a walrus. Fuck I a mean, walrus. be you. Yeah, be you. Be you. That's a good way of putting it. I think that's the message of this movie is, is, is don't try to be something that think you think it's going to make you successful. Just, just yeah. be you. <laughs> yeah, Michael Parks, be you. Don't don't grow a scumbag mustache and make a podcast yeah. about bullying people. <laughs> because <laughs> you might get turned into a walrus by Michael exactly. Parks. Classic fable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of Aesop's fables. All right. All right. Bye. Smoking weed, smoking weed, doing coke, drinking beers.